music and we give that back to God and instead of Satan, that becomes worship. And so this music was given to us to help us, to help us through those challenging times. Music is a comfort. It's, it gives, it's a comfort zone for us. One of the best examples of this, a biblical uh, Old Testament example of music having power, I think this is just the golden just standard of power of music, is the Old Testament king Saul. In 1 Samuel 16, 23, the Saul is overcome. He's, a, he, he's an evil king that is tormented by violent spirits. And when these spirits come upon him, he called not God, which I think is kind of unique. That's almost worth another sermon for another day. He didn't call upon God. He called upon the young David. And David would come and begin to play the lyre, play the harp, and the spirit of calm would overwhelm him, and he would be subdued once again back to his, to his sanity. So we have this story in the Bible of a man being overwhelmed and comforted, but uh, overwhelmed by a demonic spirit, and then comforted by music. I don't know. Have you ever caught, have you ever sought music uh, comfort in a song? Have you ever found yourself going to music for for that for that needed area uh, in your life? Maybe you're depressed, so you put on some more depressing music. <laughs> On a scale of one to Adele, how was your breakup? <laughs> Some of you will get that. <laughs> yeah, music's a gift. It helps us. It comforts us in times of need. And so, um, you know, music, it's, it's clear that music is not itself evil. It's simply a gift. This pen, this pen, I could give this pen to you. I could give this pen to you. Actually, any one of y'all over there have access to a pen. In fact, all of us in this room might have one in our front pocket in a purse or perhaps, perhaps the front back seat in front of you. But this pen is a gift. I could give you this pen and you could write beautiful things. You could write poetic things. You could write me a check. <laughs> you could write gossipy things, tabloidish, hateful words. You could, but it's simply a gift. It's simply a pen. Think of your, your favorite athlete. Think of someone just incredibly well-talented, um, perhaps an, a, a runner, if you will. That famous athlete could use his gift to run from the cops and snatch handbags, or he can use that gift to run for God's glory, to run marathons and bring and point back to God all the, the credit that is within him as an athlete. So music is simply a gift. And so who will be worshipped? Will God be glorified? Or will something else? Will God be glorified or something else? God gave us the gift of music. And what father doesn't glory or revel in the fact of seeing his children use their gifts, the gifts that he has given them? I'm, I'm really enjoying River as she gets older. My daughter, she's about, oh, she's going to be two in August. So she's, she's getting up and, um, I got her this little rubber turtle. It's like a little tiny squishy rubber turtle. It squirts water out its mouth if you submerge it underwater. I'm like, whatever, turtle. So I give it to her. I didn't, I don't remember her teaching her the word turtle, but she clearly has it now because that's all she says. So she, turtle, turtle. Yeah, that's right. You have to use your lips. She's all about, it's just soup. I'm like, where's your turtle? She's like, turtle. <laughs> so I gave her, it's funny. I'll, we'll be in the living room and I'll know the turtle is like in her nursery across the house. And I'm like, river, river, where's your turtle? Where's your turtle? Turtle! <laughs> she runs all the way across the house so I can hear this pat, 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 pat. Pat, pat, pat. 
turtle, and she presents it to me. And it's so beautiful because in that moment, it's worship to me. It's worship. It's a, it's a beautiful moment when, when a child takes something that they've been given by their father and returns it to them. In that moment, that, that, it's just so cute. Turtle. So, um, I love it. So music is the same way. Music is, is important and God loves to see us use that gift. But the music that we listen to will determine who we serve. And this is where it's going to start getting difficult. This is when, as I start to talk about music and who you serve, whom you are going to serve because of the music you listen to, you're going to put up some mental shields. You might start to turn off on me. Stick with me. The, um, this is, this is going to be a good message because see music, the music we listen to on a daily basis is the soundtrack to our life. Now, I'm, I'm assuming all of you understand how soundtracks work. In, me, in movies, the soundtrack is designed to build suspense or to build emotion. And so the music we listen to, much in the same way, kind of influences our lives. It will affect our mood and, and change the atmosphere. And so think back to the happiest time. Think back to the happiest time in your life. Maybe you're on the phone late night with your girl your guy yeah no you hang up no you hang up there's no you hang up. there's probably some songs involved in that relationship there's maybe some music that you have on in the background while you're talking to him or her um there there might be a time when you finally got asked out that he or she came across the dance floor and you can still hear that song playing I've still got songs stuck in my head from spring break. I can remember the yellow jet boat. I can remember the lake and the beach and some mess, some rap song playing in the background. But it's in there. It's etched in my memory because music, you know, has power. And so, you know, one of the times that I think, one of my best times thinking back to when uh, Jessica and I were, were dating and inevit- uh, when I finally got uh, up the courage to propose to her, there was this song called The Book of Love, and I sang it to her, got down on one knee, gave her the rose with the ring in it. And so that song, The Book of Love, has a has a place, a special place in my heart. Or we were watching a TV show the other day that we didn't really think about it, but it was a TV show that came out when we were in high school, and every episode we're watching, we're just getting just wave and wave after wave of nostalgia. And we realized all the songs that were playing in the background of this TV show were from, came out when we were in high school. <laughs> And so we kept flashing back to all these memories of being in high school. And so it's just, it's just incredibly just powerful how, how music can impact you and bring you back to a place. Um, flip the coin. Think of a time of tragedy. Think of a time of great sadness. You might have a song that comes to mind. Maybe some, like a breakup song or something or, or, um, but yeah, you know, there's, there's some songs that I can think of that are accompanied with sadness, but music can pull you up or music can, can either lift you up or pull you down. And so believe it or not, music, all the music we listen to has a spiritual influence. My slides are advancing on their own. Um, no. Devil in the works. Anyway. Speaking of the devil, speak of the devil. Literally, this is my slide about the devil. I'm not joking. So um, if we're going to talk about spiritual influence, I need to talk about the devil. I, so we're going to talk about Lucifer. Um, one of the things, you know, what do you mean? What do I mean by the fact that music has a spiritual influence? Well, it does because we worship God in spirit and our tr- we, we are called to worship God in spirit and in truth. So let's talk about the deceptor. Let's talk about the distractor, Lucifer. Now, Lucifer, the, the Satan, he was gifted 
but God gave him gifts. In the Bible, he was given, he was, he is called beautiful. He's a beautiful angel. He was a walking, talking instrument. That's according to Ezekiel 28, 12 through 15. He was a cherub angel, so he had more wings, more hands. He just had more. That's Ezekiel uh, chapter 10, 21. His job, Lucifer's job, was to lead worship in heaven, to lead the angels in exalting God. And, you know, he was, and so his desire, though, became to, became to overcome God, to be better and to be God. And so as head of worship, he's very persuasive. If you don't know this already, he took a third of the angels with him when he left heaven. That's very, that's persuasion right there. And he falls to earth and he becomes Satan. He sets up his earthly rule and he, um, he comes to power, but he didn't, he lost his position as head of worship, but he didn't lose his gift, his gifts. He left, he didn't lose his gifts. Remember, God's gifts are, and promises are irrevocably sure. So, Lost a position, but he remained his description. He lost his position, but he still has his gifts as worship, as the head of worship on earth. He's persuasive. And that's why music has such a pull on us. So, so what's the big deal? It's just a song. It's just music. It's just a song. Well, I want you to know and I want you to see that, um, it's a war for our affection. Music is a war for our affection. God is saying, I want you to use this gift that I have given you and blessed you with in a way that will bring worship and honor to me. And Satan is saying, no, 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 don't do that. Let me, you know what? Let me just distract you. Even if I can get you lukewarm. Like Revelations 3.16 says, look, if I can get you lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, then the Lord will spew you out of his mouth. I don't know about you, but that's convicting. I don't want that to happen. God's way, God's act of worship, when God gives us a gift and calls us to use that to gift us the, you know, give the gift back in the form of worship, that accompanies with a joy, peace, gladness, comfort. When Satan distracts you, he wants you to, he wants to dislocate that joy. He wants to promote, um, chaos. I mean, he's persuasive. Music is persuasive. Can you imagine stepping, standing up at work and being like, I'm out. Peace, boss. I'm leaving. And a third of your coworkers just being like, I'm out too. <laughs> it's just, we're out. So music has a very strong in, spiritual influence. And, and I absolutely want us to know about that influence because spiritual influence, these spiritual influences begin to attach themselves to our lives through all the music we listen to. There's a Hillsongs United, great worship team. They, man, when I listen to that stuff, I am in, in energized. I'm raising my hands. I am, my, my heart is being influenced in a way that makes me want to make right decisions. Now, I don't necessarily listen to these particular guys, but they are great MCs. They are craftsmen of what they do. Lil Wayne, Kanye West, think of just any, you know, rapper. A lot of their influential, the, a lot of their spiritual influence upon you will be one of sensuality or selfishness or party influence, you know, Taylor Swift type, you know, things like that. Look, I work with teenagers, so I kind of deal with this music, so that's the references I'm using. You may not know, listen to that type of music, but just understand every artist influences you spiritually. So think of any artist that you particularly enjoy and ask yourself, what kind of influence, what kind of spiritual influence are they having upon my heart? Because that's going to determine who you worship. So if we're in a battle, 
Let's talk about the biggest tool. If we're in a battle for our affection, for our spiritual influence, then we need to talk about songs. We need to specifically talk about music uh, and, and the, the parts of songs. In fact, songs are the tools used in the battle, in the war for our affection. So think, think of a song. Think of just, think of how powerful songs are. For instance, a song can come in and it can change your mood instantly. That makes you sad. And then you've got Rocky's song. You know, this gets you going. The other one, I was sad. I was starting to go to a bad place. This one, I'm ready. Just like, let's do this. I don't know what we're about to do, but I'm excited because of the song. Music impacts you. Music can bring you to a... A song can bring you to a bad place or a sad place. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how... So the melody, the rhythm, and the lyric of the song can affect your mood as soon as we get them to stop. <laughs> so, oh dear. Hey, there was a melody there, wasn't there? That melody, that sad song that rolled in at first, you don't, you may not even know what that's from, but you, you're like, man, I'm, bad. I'm feeling a little down now. And then that Rocky came in, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, we're good. So, melody. Let me talk about this. Music will have three parts. Generally, not all, maybe not all three, but generally most will. A melody. Most people are oblivious. We're, most of us don't even realize just how powerful the melody or the tune, uh, the, the melody or a tune of a song can affect our emotions. That can affect our emotions. I believe that's in your guide. So what do I mean by that? Well, that music came in, made you feel sad, made you feel a little bit like poor and lonely me, or that person, whoever that song is for. And then Rocky came in, or, or the, you know, we can be at the beach. If someone starts singing the Jaws song, we're like, and we're not going in the water now. All right. So music has, it, it, it impacts us. Uh, so whether a song makes you feel pumped or down, that has power over you. So that influence is a spiritual one, and it can glorify God or it can glorify Satan. So this beat, let's talk about that. Now, obviously, similar to a melody, a good rhythm, a good beat, a good rhythm. It's we can be oblivious to how that affects your will. Man, something will cut on, and all of a sudden, your desire to react or act in a certain way because of a good beat or a good rhythm just overcomes you. And so, a good rhythm might caused you to do and act in a way that you never expected for instance you might get in the car click the radio on and you're like listen to a song you're like oh this is hot trash who wrote this song you're like this is the worst no no and it's just wow this is not and then all of a sudden you go into your house a couple minutes later the song comes back on the radio and you're like man this song again (laughs) <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're back in your car again, and now you're now that song comes on, and you're doing hand motions and pointing to the car next to you and singing into your you know, cell phone. I mean, there it just 
it's hilarious some of the songs that get stuck into you. I remember the song, this, the, the summer, this one song. It was like, hey, I just met you, and this is crazy, but here's my number, so call me maybe. Yeah, that song had me point to people in the car next to me, and like, you know, hey, I just met you. Please turn, please turn green, please turn green. So, I was in it, or, or yeah, so it's in, oh man, every, I, I, I absolutely scream audibly when, when I hear, I'm feeling 22. Yeah, thank you, Taylor Swift. Anyway, there are some songs, there are some beats, some rhythms that just get into your head, and, and they influence you to do and act in ways that you would never expect to the driver next to you. And yeah, so a rhythm can get you, a melody can, can bring you a place. Now, lyrics. Lyrics are really important. Lyrics, they affect your mind. In your outline, the word is mind, but you might even put your heart. Just put your the way that you approach life and think. Part of the message, this is going to be difficult, and this is going to hurt maybe, but God wants us to hear this. So whether or not we like it, musical icons, this is actually where it gets a little bit, got a little bit real for me. Um, not that I listen to anyone in particular who, wrong, but it made me approach music differently when I realized this. If you think about it, every celebrity, every musician, every artist we listen to, in essence, becomes our minister of worship. You think about that? That a lot of people don't know this, but you don't have to be in church to be influenced by a minister of worship, because someone can be a minister of worship in the world, and they tell you things. When we come here to church... You know, the band up here leads us in worship. They tell us how we're going to feel, how we're going to think. So if we don't watch, we can have a, a negative influence or an, a worship of music not from the church telling us that, hey, we're going to be up in the club. We're going to be waving our hands like we don't care. <laughs> you know, we're going to be, um, you know, we're going to be feeling 22 or <laughs> or whatnot. So they ministered to you. So the question is, and I have to and just who's your minister of music? Who is your minister of music? Yours, personally. Who's your minister of music? A lot of us, a lot of those singers I named, I'm not coming against them in particular, but a lot of the singers in the world, they he or she may not see themselves as ministers of worship. They may not even want to accept their responsibility, but that's what they are. Because the music we listen to affects how we walk how we talk, it affects how we um, interact with our spouses, how we how we dress, it controls our desires and our compulsions. And so we have to really be careful about our lifestyle when it comes to how we choose to worship and who we choose to worship. So I'm going to talk about that real quick, talk about a lifestyle. What does a true lifestyle of worship look like? Attach some scriptures that I think are apl- applicable to that, and then, and then um, close this out. But the music of ministers. So we worship, we worship God because of what He's done. No, we praise God because of what He's done. We worship God because of who He is. I believe that's in your outline. See, we worship as a lifestyle. Without music, without songs, what do we do in our regular life? The way we speak to our families is an act of worship. The way we honor our bosses when given assignments or our teachers when given assignments is an act of worship. When you forgive someone who doesn't deserve it, it's an act of worship. So bless, you know, when we bless those that have cursed us, act of worship. So um, 
So that is what we're supposed to do all week. God has given us the gift of music to be the soundtrack that accompanies our lifestyle of worship. God has given us music to accompany, to be the accompanying soundtrack to our lifestyle of worship. Um, we praise God because of what He's done. We worship God because of who He is. A lot of us get that confused. It happens. It's okay. But I just think that there is a point to be made that sometimes we think of praise as the fast songs in church and worship as the slow kind of meditative ones. But really, we praise God in, in, in response to what He's done. And I praise God I got a job. Praise God that I passed a test. We praise God that, you know, I praise God that he healed my mother of cancer. But we worship God because he's mighty. He's awesome, and he's slow to anger, rich in love. So um, so what does this mean? It means even if God doesn't do anything, even if God doesn't heal or doesn't help us get that job, he still deserves our act, our fully devoted act of worship. I thought that was great that you brought that up, Pastor Bill, earlier. So even if he doesn't allow us to pass the test, get that healing, he still deserves our utmost worship. So Matthew chapter, uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 30. I'm just going to turn to it real quick. Mark 12, 30. <clears throat> Listen, Israel. The Lord, the Lord your God, and listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Let me read that again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. All does not mean some. Love the Lord with everything you've got, everything you have in your being. It's hard to love God with all your heart. When you love something else, it's hard to love God when you've got, when you love football or when you love music or when you love food or fill in the blank. God has to be your, your, your love. None, none of those can love you back. Your spouse could love you back. Your, your, your sons and daughters, people can love you back, but music can never love you back. If you want to know, so, so here's the thing, you know, as we're talking about influences, as we're talking about spiritual influences that attach our li- attach themselves to our lives, realize some people have gone down roads before you, and they are coming back. Now, I have some friends that have gone down roads, have, have been influenced by things, and they haven't come back. And so we have to ask ourselves, what are we allowing? What roads, what influences are we allowing ourselves, what influential paths in life are we allowing ourselves to be pulled down? Because Exodus 20, verse 3, is where I want, 3 through 5 is where I want to go next. It says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an image in any form of, any, of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am the Lord your God and I am jealous. <clears throat> so we love music. I know we do. Maybe not. Maybe some of us love it more than others, but um, we need to realize, like, I know it's hard. Giving up something, giving something back to God is hard. God gave us the gift of music, and now he's asking us, do you love the gift or do you love the gift giver? Are you willing, what, are you willing to give that music to be? So for many of us, if music is an idol and you know it, and God knows it, then, then you need to 
then this message is, is for you. Actually, this is for all of us because music can impact us. It's, it's just incredible how, how subtle it can be. But this is not a saved issue. This is not me standing up here saying, if you listen to bad, if you listen to a particular type of music, you are or aren't saved. You're you're not a believer. This is a struggle issue. This is a fact that all of us can at some point, in some way, struggle with the issue of influences. And music is a big one. They're persuasive. And so, let me, let me, keep going here. I'm not going to stand here. I'm not going to be the pastor that stands up before you today and says, you need to go home and burn, break, and throw away all your music. I'm not going to be that guy. But I am going to ask you to stop putting a little bit of gauze on a stab wound. I'm going to ask you to stop putting a little band-aid over a stab wound. And you might need, you may need to burn break and destroy and get rid of something in your life, something you listen to, something you watch on TV, something, some place that you visit online frequently, maybe that relationship, you're going to need to get that, get that, get that away, because that's a symptom, I don't want you to just cover over a symptom, I want you I don't want you to just remove the symptoms. See, my calling as a pastor, my heart, my greatest desire for all of you as, as believers and non-believers for that matter, just the human race in general, my calling upon to mankind is to not keep you so busy that you don't sin, to not entertain you to the point of not being able to sin, but to help you navigate adolescence into adulthood or middle, or middle adulthood into senior adulthood, or senior adulthood into the next chapter of life. I desire to see us be influenced in a positive way that will help us bring honor and glory to God and not Satan. And so, um, that's my, my heart start. When I pray, and when you pray, when you pray and ask God for conviction, I promise you He's gonna show up. So today after this lesson, if you're feeling convicted about a particular influence in your life, I challenge you to pray for God's conviction, and it will happen. And you know what's going to be interesting is you're going to start to have the Holy Spirit tap you on the shoulder and say, no, no, we're not about that. You know what? No. Uh, let's not listen to that. I'd rather not go there. Um, you're not about that. And I want you to enjoy music, but in a way that's going to honor Him, honor God, and by extension, honor you because we're made in God's image. And so I want to, I want you to be able to honor, to say that you are honoring God and honoring yourselves through the influences you have in your life. So, as I close today, some of you might be kind of thinking, well, thanks, Pastor, that was nice. Well, that was a great message, you know. But, you know, it's a little too much. You're a little too far there. Like, eh, thanks. Well, the thing is, I really want to say something to to y'all, and I say this to I, I say this to myself. This is this is something. Is what if we prayed and asked God to show us areas of our life that are being influenced negatively? Some of these things are holding on. Some of the things you're holding on to. If God gave you the strength. Some of the things that you're holding on to, if God gave you the strength, I bet, I guarantee you, you're going to realize 
it actually had a hold of you, and you never had a hold of it. That it had a strong hold on you, and you never were under as much control as you thought you were in that one particular area of your life that had you under its influence. And so this is deeper than the power of music. This is the power of anything that can influence your will, your emotions, and your mind or your heart. And so can I pray for us to close us out today? And when I pray, I'm going to be praying as if I were you. So this is going to be me praying in a first-person manner as if I were you. If this is something, if this hit you where it needed to, if this convicted you like it did me when I originally heard it, then this prayer is going to be for you. Let's pray. Jesus, I know you love me and I want, and you love me and, and want to bless me and give me the gift of, and you've given me the gift of music and I know you want me, you want to be able to trust me with it, to give you Give it back to you in a way that's honoring. And I ask you to have full access to what I listen to. I want to take into account all that is attaching itself to my musical DNA. And so convict me in love so that I know that I belong to you. When I'm out in that restaurant or in my car and I feel that that convictive tap of your Holy Spirit, may I not shirk away from it and draw back, but press into it knowing full well that it is your loving embrace showing me the way and the true influence. So be it, be it in what I listen to, what I, what I view, how I speak. Lord, I ask you to just come into my life and influence me in a way that I can use the gifts you've given me to give back to you in a way that is worship. I pray all of this in your heavenly name, God. Convict me in love. I look forward to your love and grace and the work in my life. Amen.